Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash bonfiresidechat. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Raise this on. Ah, um, Kindle it. All right. Kindle it. <laughs> Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And I am Bob Mackey. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat Appendix, an undead second favorite. <laughs> and uh, this week we are reading your responses to Inner uh, 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 Londo, right? Your thoughts, your experiences, everything like that. Um, a, a, a lot of uh, agreement in these, as you'll see. But uh, first, we need to go into the errata, um, the tiny beings, er- errata, rather, not the erotica. Um, <laughs> Yeah, tiny so, beings erotica. Yeah, exactly. So, so your um, your, your gigantress fetish uh, <laughs> showing up. Little um, bit. Get back yeah. in the mimic. Um, but uh, we're wrong. <laughs> we're we're wrong frequently. Um, and uh, people write in to uh, to edify us and correct us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so Bob, thank you for sticking around and yes, uh, helping us get through this stuff. Do you want to go ahead and read the uh, the first response here from Michael? Uh, you want me to do it? Yeah, yeah. We can usually okay, kind of cool. go in around like we, we take cool. turns. I do have it in front of me. So this is from Michael. Do we say the last name? I forget. That's from Facebook. So yes. Okay. Michael Kasten or Kasten. And he says, according to several speculators, including Epic Name Bro, Sen is similar to the Japanese word for a thousand, despite being expressed differently. He speculated it meaning something to the effect of, quote, fortress of a thousand traps, unquote. However, the word for Sen is expressed as a foreign word. So a thousand may not be correct. But the Japanese are usually very observant of double meanings. And that's from Michael Kasten. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I, I didn't count all the traps, but they're probably close to a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like a thousand. Yeah. Um, the, the, the other thing that I, that, that I liked, one of the theories that I've uh, read but I can't cite, is that Sen is NES spelled backwards. Uh, and the notion yes. of oh, hey. a Nintendo hard. It's weird that we think of Sen as a person and not just a, like a, a, a number of something. Yeah. We're like, who is Sen? Where, where is this person? But uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you, have you ever remarked on, on the translation of Dark Souls, like what you, how you feel about it? Um, just you know, I guess on a technical level, not specifically. I think that I've remarked at how at, at how kind of like almost seamless it feels. It, it feels very well localized to me, okay. anyway. Um, I mean, little you know, kind of item description stuff aside, like the tight, the tiny beings ring, um, like the dialogue and everything feels, feels really tight. But, uh, you know, I don't know that much about the, the yeah. act of localization. I'm just wondering like what nuances are lost. I'm not sure who the translator is. I'm not sure what, if there's a, like a, an outsourced company that did it, I don't have a problem with it, but I'm wondering if this is like one of the nuances that wasn't carried over. There was somebody who wrote in an early, in an earlier episode who commented on like why every character has a distinctive laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, th- I think uh, I think this is like a uh, Resident Evil thing where all, even the Japanese was uh, done in English. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, if you get Demon Souls, I mean, that's uh, the, the game was originally in English. At least the dialogue was. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to say what you know what makes it it good or bad because a lot of the um, you know the the dialogue and the word choice and and uh, you know item descriptions are a little bit off. 
but the entire game feels a little bit that way. And I think it contributes to, you know, it it feels intentional to me that, you know, everything is inscrutable and a little bit strange. So it's, but I wouldn't be able to begin searching for where the intentionality of that actually begins. I think what sticks out, what sticks out to me is the different dialects of the, of the dialogue. Um, mm-hmm. how that, that kind of speaks to what the, what they are, uh, you know, the, like to where these characters are from, you know, mm-hmm. uh, compare the undead merchant to, you know, let's just say Frampt, right. Or Guinevere to, uh, any number of other people, you know, uh, that they, they all speak in different ways where, whereas you, you would think if it was, if, if it was kind of a dumb translation, it would, everybody would have been kind of painted with the same brush. Yeah, I mean, whoever's working at From or Namco Bandai or whoever it is that's, you know, sort of coordinating this, they, they know what the implications of certain, you know, dialects or certain accents are, and they, they do a good job with that. Yeah. Hmm? It's funny that we're, ta- that we're talking about translation because uh, – uh, do you mind if I read this, Gary? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Take uh, goes on to say, your comments on Sense Fortress made me wonder if Sen meant anything in the original Japanese language. Uh, I checked, and it appears to be just a name. There's also a million words that are in Sen th- that are Sen in Japanese. Here are some of their meanings. One, stopper or bottle cap. Two, selection or choice. Three, line. Four, 1,000. And five, battle in doing this. Um, he goes on to say, I assume it's a he, uh, I thought it would be fun to do a literal, literal translation of the place names from the Japanese language version. Um, he'd made this Google doc, which I, I love this. Huh. I, I, I picked, I picked a couple of the, a couple of the more, uh, noticeable ones. Uh, just, I, I, I love our fans for doing things like this. Yeah, this, is, this is the first time I've seen this. Like I don't, yeah. I don't have the uh, contact email. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this so, is awesome. Yeah. Um, but Firelink shrine is ritual location of the fire successor the depths is lowest level blight town is village of disease sen's fortress is sen's ancient fortress uh dark root garden is black forest garden which i think you can order at subway um and lost <laughs> isolith is uh deserted capital of chaos isolith yeah that's great that's really neat um, we'll put a link up to the uh, google doc and yeah. um, the show notes so mm-hmm. you can check out the other areas, but yeah, that's a, that's a that's a cool point. And some of these other alternate, uh, you know, potential meanings for for sen sound really in line. You know, selection. Like <laughs> we part of our our idea for that is that that's definitely a testing ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, more so than any other area. Um, and then you know, obviously, a uh, battle in doing this mm-hmm. um, also makes sense. Stopper bottle cap. It's uh, it's uh, the 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 one place where you have to go to get to the ultimate destination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the line you have to cross. Yeah, like all those things I, I would buy the interpretation of. So that's really cool. And I haven't seen that somewhere else. And I spend a lot of time looking at Dark Souls lore. <laughs> so uh, that's really cool. Uh, yeah. Take And uh, yeah, everybody uh, give, that guy a, give that guy a medal. Give that yeah. guy a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So uh, Jeremy Greer via Facebook, he says, uh, I'm probably not the first person to mention this, but Dark Moon Invaders are announced to the host as a Spirit of Vengeance Weed Lord MLG420 has invaded. Um, awesome podcast as usual. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's we were reading um, a comment that talked about the uh, Dark Moon Invaders. Yeah. And they, they describe them as not uh, getting an invasion mes- message. But uh, Jeremy says that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, haven't, I don't have personal experience with it. Um, Jeremy does a lot of uh, PvP videos and stuff yeah. on, uh, on the game. So I'm inclined to believe him, but um, yeah. In either case, you know, thank you for the correction. Yeah. Um, Bob, why don't you read uh, Take's other comment? 
Uh, apparently, uh, okay, Take says, apparently the cut dialogue for Shiva was directly lifted from a character from Demon Souls who only exists in pure white slash black tendency. And this is me talking, Bob. That probably <laughs> means something to you if you play Demon Souls. If not, don't worry about it. Uh, back to Take. They're both Easterners who are looking for swords. Upon giving it to him, he betrays you by trying to kill you with it. And he includes a link to the, uh, the Demon Souls wiki character page for Satsuki. Yes. So there yeah, you have I, it. Yeah, that, that, I'll buy that as well. I never mm-hmm. made that connection. But when we've talked about, especially a lot in the last episode, how much of uh, you know, Dark Souls is just a, you know, is a referential the demon right. Souls. I mean, uh, beyond just patches, there is a very law trek like guy who will kill NPCs if you let him, mm-hmm. you know, linger mm-hmm. in the hub. So they they did borrow a lot of ideas. Yeah, yeah there there are the demons. Um, you know, the the uh, what is it? The uh, false idol fight has a lot of similarities to the pinwheel fight. Yeah, you know, it's it's very similar. Like, there's a lot right. that is just a reference, and I don't know if there's anything deeper to it. I you know, other than just that, it's a uh, you know kind of a nice little Easter egg, a nice little echo, mm-hmm. you know. Of, of the former. Yeah. Um, and finally, Raphael Donna Burek, sorry, Borgerod. Yes, there we go. Raphael <laughs> Borgerod. <laughs> anyway, um, this is really cool. Kind of in line with the, with the translation spreadsheet. Um, there's no text to this, but uh, Raphael uh, went in and made a texture for the game um, that uh, gives mimics a couple of nicks and cuts on the top of them, uh, showing that they'd been attacked. Um, so actually going into the uh, PC version of the game and taking one of our like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if and making it a thing. So we'll put yeah. a link to that image in the show notes. But uh, holy shit, Raphael. That is yeah, hacking I approve of. <laughs> yeah, that, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. And, uh, you know, that's a, uh, an awesome idea. So mm-hmm. that we, I just called it an awesome idea. We had the idea. Thank you for actually <laughs> taking our, our, you know, our, we were too lazy to do it. And but uh, you actually were awesome for having the idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, you no. put your, you put your money where our mouths were. <laughs> there we go. That's, that's where we're going. It does not sound hygienic at all. But. <laughs> Yeah, we had so Go much cocaine it. via that, that money. Um, it's mostly feces, kind of like a uh, uh, sandbox sand. Um, yeah, I think we're, we only have four corrections this time. I know, right? We're getting better. We're getting more accurate. <laughs> um, so, as you know, when we everything we fucked up about Anne Orlando, please uh, write us in and tell us because um, you know I would say know don't write in it for every time we said Gwendolyn instead of Guinevere and <laughs> Lisa, because. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we understand. We know we were wrong. <laughs> we disclaimed yeah. it. We disclaimed it. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please. Um, on to your uh, experiences with Anne Orlando. And I'll get us started uh, by reading Matthew Kim's response via Facebook. And he says, After making my way through the Indiana Jones-esque traps and beating the relatively easy Iron Golem, I remember watching the amazing city that is Anne Orlando. Without a doubt, this was a breath of fresh air, since most of the game is very earthy and looks very broken down. The city, however, is not without its faults. Okay, real talk. Those fucking archers are just chilling there for no reason. Why do these flying demons have a problem with me when they got me up here? I thought we were bros. And finally, Ornstein and Smo are like the Bash Brothers and just R-O-F-L stomp everyone and are definitely one of the hardest bosses. All that aside, though, this place has so many memories and is undeniably the aspect of the game, uh, undeniably the apex of the game, in my opinion. Right. I had to look up what the Bash Brothers were, by the way. I don't, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I, apparently, that was uh, the nickname of uh, Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco 
uh, from the Oakland Athletics in 1987. I really hope that reference is not that obscure because that's the first thing that popped up when I uh, searched for it. Yeah, um, I, I, I only knew this because I'm a shameful person, but uh, that is a, that is a TV trips thing. Ah, uh, okay. which it's is also the, a Mighty Ducks reference. <laughs> I can get behind that. Michael Puck. Yeah, um, Nicole, what what isn't a TV tropes thing? That's that's my question for you. I guess. I guess. Burn. <laughs> <laughs> well, you really Cole Ross it there, according to tvtropes.com forward slash Cole Ross. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, just two, two 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 buddies who uh, who who fight at the same time with each other. <laughs> When you start expanding definitions to be that broad, of course everything is a TV trope. Exactly. Yeah, you that's know, the like point that's, of the website. Yeah. yeah like just the compl- comp- you know, encompassing everything kind of encompasses nothing. Yeah. It'll soon be dictionary.com in like three years. <laughs> yeah. See, see my, like, like my, I only hover around there because of my uh, taxonomy fetish. Mm-hmm. You know, taxonomy, taxonomy, nomenclature, lexicology, stuff like that. I just like defining things and categorizing them. Um, I, I, yeah. I have sought help. Where do you go for your taxidermy fetish? <laughs> Online. Sorry. Uh, Brian Irons. Sorry. Oh, from... there you go. <laughs> Very good. So, you know. Deep, deep baseball that. Um, <laughs> deep, yeah. deep baseball. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, thank you for, for your comments. I agree. And uh, so does Murph Murphy uh, via Facebook. I'll throw in this bonus because he just says, fuck those archers forever. <laughs> and uh, but I think that indeed. has like five likes now or something like that. <laughs> yeah. People are into that comment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, mm. Is it Bob's turn? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're on to Amy Holbrook, right? Yeah. Mm. Okay. She says, "I think you guys mentioned in a Watch Out for Fireballs episode how different Anne Orlando looks from everything else that came before it, and it's definitely uh, such a cool, refreshing moment to look at this glittering city." Uh, a few things I want to note. One of the few things I looked up in the whole game was that rafter you have to walk up to get to the area above the painting. Totally unintuitive, and I wandered around forever before giving in. Second, I did not ring a fog or anything to the archers, just rolled towards the arrows until it succeeded. I think it's one of the most genuinely unfair, bad hard moments in the game. I felt more relief at that bonfire than any other, even Sens number two or the one at the bottom of Blight Town. Uh, third, the Silver Knights kicking my ass over and over is what taught me how to parry, a very important lesson. Finally, Ornstein and Smo are brutal. I play offline, you can have Solaire, but you really have to take out the enemies in the huge hallway area for him to be useful, so each run does take a while. I know it was 50 tries because I went to the depths, ground 25 humanity from rats, wasted it all, did it again. I eventually got it, then immediately thereafter got the ability to warp. An affectionate fuck you, Dark Souls. And that's from Amy Holbrook. And I'm wondering why Amy didn't just jump online for a minute. (laughs) I'm sure there are circumstances beyond her control if she worked that hard to just farm humanity, but Jesus. Yeah. She might have been scared off by in you know invasion stuff. I mean she had humanity to burn, but I get um you know, I when I summon somebody for this, I usually summon Solaire. Mm -hmm. Uh because if I go through um you know, I get invaded here pretty frequently. Yeah. So and uh, this is where I ran into my hacker as well. So it's not a, it's you know invaded with uh, with dire dire potential. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Amy, uh, super fan, I would say. Yeah, Amy's really, great. Really, really appreciate that. She won the Watch Out for Fireballs T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. So Brad right. via the contact forum says, Anne Orlando, and of course, ultimately Ornstein and Smo, is in my mind both the most challenging and the most rewarding uh, challenge in Dark Souls. Every area that precedes it has its own challenges, especially the Gaping Dragon and Sens, as I managed to accidentally bypass Blighttown proper. 
props. Uh, but ultimately, within a few hours of butting my head against them, it was possible to get through. And Orlando, however, punished me from the beginning. And instead of just brute forcing it, I feel, I feel like I had to significantly tighten up my gameplay. The first time through the archers, the first time through, the archers ate hours of my life. The next time I got by on my first pass, after too many hours of practice, pumping my stamina and weapon upgrading, I made it past uh, Smo and Ornstein. That's weird. Um, for whatever reason, I feel like I, I felt like I had to do it alone. But the satisfaction of finally beating them made me turn around and immediately start sunbrowing uh, Orange and Smo uh, for the next few days. To my mind, Anne Orlando is the peak of the challenge and satisfaction in mastering the challenge uh, that makes Dark Souls such an amazing game. In the end, many of the later areas, possibly DLC bonus uh, bosses excluded, don't feel near as challenging or threatening in the wake of Anne Orlando. When when uh, Ornstein and Smo is written as S ampersand O, it so looks like Ollie. a company. Yeah, well, I look at it as a company that's going to sell me a wrapped pear. <laughs> like I'm going to I'm going to get some fancy pears delivered from S and O. Um, is what it looks like to me. Uh, like pear, like the fruit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like what's the name of that company? There's a company that will sell gift fruits. Oh, like a, like an edible arrangement. Or like uh, David and Harry, Harry and David. Something oh. like that. Like it just looks like a logo for like a fancy, I don't know, chocolatier or something like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, does not look like an executioner in Dragon Slayer. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. I'm going to go watch a bunch of Syphil and Ollie now. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but yeah, uh, agreed on most points. Yep. So, yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and uh, read Mason's here. Mason says via contact, all I can say about Anne Orlando is holy shit. Fuck those archers, fuck those archers, and fuck those archers. I don't think any part in any game has ever made me so infuriated. I mean, the knockback of those arrows guarantees that you were sent off the ledge. I remember the first time getting that part, and it took me at least two hours to get past it. Past it. I had to watch more than one YouTube video to devise a way to get past them, and I was shaking afterwards because I was so thrilled. <laughs> the next playthrough I had, I decided to save myself some trouble and just kept shooting poison arrows from a distance. Yeah. The uh, something off of words. I, we were talking about those archers. The very first thing, you know, piece of media I saw from Dark Souls is a GIF of being shot off that bridge <laughs> with just the "you died" popping up, and it pops up a lot on the, on the boards. Um, and you know, definitely had a healthy healthy fear of that. Um, and we and we uh, Amy mentioned it. we didn't bring up the the Ring of Fog as a you know, tough item to get, but that can actually help you a lot through this too. Yeah. So you have yeah. to burn a couple of bridges to get it, but uh, yeah, yeah. It it is like this is really infuriating. I, I this was probably the angriest I've been at at one of these games. I don't get too angry at games really, but you know most frustrated I got. And then uh, played Demon Souls and the island full of giants in uh, the Valley of Defilement. Mm-hmm. I find uh, a little bit more frustrating. Oh, yeah, that yeah, makes Playtime look like uh, Disneyland. Pretty much. Yeah, totally. It's awful. <laughs> so yeah. angry making. Um, it's, it's funny. I, I just moved into a new place, and I, I was playing this earlier today, uh, going up against the archers. I think my neighbors think I'm insane because I was yelling for fucking real. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking and speaking of uh, of, of of gifts, I, I think uh, um, you know Dark Souls has generated some of the only tolerable meme gifts I've I've ever like seen. Mm-hmm. Like I, I eat those things up. One of my favorite ones was something somebody shared on uh, on my Facebook wall. Uh, remember that uh, that Red Bull sponsored like you know the high altitude jump from outer space guy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Take, the guy taking the leap off the platform. Somebody made a gif of that. He jumped off and then it was like, you know, just like a little bit of like it lingered there for a second. Then just brought up the you died text. You died. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that actually. That, that's fantastic. Yeah. That, that, that stuff is fantastic. The, the, yeah. So people do good work. Yes. Work this game. Um, play Demon Souls, Mason. It'll frustrate the hell out of you. <laughs> so, if you haven't already. Um, all right. Bob, would you like to read uh, Vivian's? Sure. Uh, this will be my last one, if that's cool with you guys. I that's guess yeah, that's fine. But uh, I appreciate being part of the show. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Vivian, and she says, uh, Very few video games have a traditional narrative arc that involves falling action in denouement. <laughs> Usually things keep mounting until the climax. A final battle at the heart of the world or whatever, and then stop, often quite abruptly. Dark Souls isn't like that at all, because Anne Orlando is is the game's climax. Hmm. And she goes on. You could base the argument on the difficulty curve and how it goes out the window afterward, or simply how epic the area in battle with Laurel and Hardy with its awesome music seems. But I base it on the Lord Vessel. The Lord Vessel is in a rare class of power-ups with the Zero Ship from Zone of the Enders and the Bat Form of Symphony of the Night that fundamentally changed how you experience a game. Once I got the ability to teleport, to fucking teleport between <laughs> bonfires, Lordran started to feel a lot smaller and less intimidating. Don't get me wrong, I still have the trail of bodies that could wrap around the earth in the Tomb of the Giants, but after the Lord Vessel, I felt like I was over the hump. I never questioned from that point on my ability to finish the game. My status as a chosen undead was no longer theoretical. Some people may call this a bad thing and claim that it steals away some of the tension and terror from the latter half, but I disagree. Part of the joy of playing difficult games in frightening worlds is eventually developing a sense of mastery and control, and the Lord Vessel is a hard-won, tangible, and awesome reward for it. And that is uh, Vivian. And that's an awesome letter. I totally yeah. agree. And that explains um, how I feel about the first half and the second half of the game and why they are so different to me. I want to give Vivian all the trophies. Yeah, she's a great <laughs> writer. Like, she's consistently our best commenter. And then on the uh, essay boards, like, she's, there's, like, a uh, lore argument going on. And she has a great interpretation of, like, the game as a whole and uh, where it goes. And we, uh, you know, unless it falls through, we're going to have her on the show. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, the Demon Ruins and Lost Isolith. Yeah, with her. So um, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, very excellent work. Yeah, as as always. So, but uh, yeah, Bob, you you got to take take it yes. off. Take Unfortunately, easy. my podcasting time is over. But thanks yeah. a lot for letting me join you on this and uh, invite me back when you talk about Demon Souls and Dark Souls too. If we're all still alive, <laughs> yeah, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, always, always the caveat that we could be dead. All future yeah. days are tentative. Exactly. Um, just yeah. in general. So. Um, yeah, thanks again. Yes, thank you and so yeah, much. Guys, praise yep. the sun. Praise the praise sun. Praise the sun. Take care, man. So yeah, thanks, Bob. And uh, we'll we'll finish up our, our comments. We only have a couple more left here. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to go ahead? We got two long ones, so yes. I'll give you uh, this one. Shoe via contact. Anner fucking Londo, man. I figure you've already got a buttload of comments and emails about that part of Anne Orlando, and with good cause. Many people butt their heads against it on their first and second and third time through, so it leaves a pretty big impression. But it may have left a slightly weirder impression on me. I was getting destroyed by the archers every single time. I'd respawn uh, way back, sprint for a full minute, battle the giants, pyro the two sets of demons, and then sprint up the buttresses to the safe bit, run all the way up, and then die. Every time. Nothing I tried worked for me. Not going in naked, not boosting my poise, nothing. Until someone on SA gave me the best piece of advice that I'd ever, got, I'd ever gotten. Let go. So, screw it. I did. Forget the run. Forget battling the giants or the demons. Forget getting my blood stain. I booked it. I let go, and oh, I'm right in front of that silver knight. Hit him! I panicked and died. 
but next time through was flawless. I have a screenshot saved of the moment I hit the balcony. I was so happy, though I forgot to actually sit at the bonfire, but that's another story. Ooh. Oh, man. That might be worse than the dude who uh, walked backward through Blighttown. I did that on my Let's Play. <laughs> uh, which is, I forgot to sit at that, that bonfire, I'm pretty sure. Wow. I, and, and died. Um, I, I like lit it, but didn't rest at it. Yeah, yeah. I, I do that with amazing uh, regularity, uh, but never at a place where it's fucked me like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Shu continues. You might wonder where I'm going with this, but I'm getting to it. The Silver Knight archers in Anne Orlando are a total dick move. Sure. But it's also a thematically appropriate dick move. Not for the area, but for Dark Souls as a whole. Dark Souls is about a choice offered to you by Frampt and Kath. Uh, the world is dying. This era is over. Reality is starting to fall apart. And you can either choose to control, uh, uh, you, can either, you can either choose to hold on to the world by usurping Gwyn as Guinevere asks you to. Or as revealed later, you defeat him and usher in a new age, this age of darkness, which is actually nicer than how it sounds, I think. Either way, this world is at a crossroads, like Kath says. It can either progress or regress, but it can't do both. And neither can you. You can either cling to your souls and health and humanity, or you let it all go. Both choices have their merits, and I'm sure are championed by different people. Geop is a good example of really cautious, methodical play, whereas my play style has been totally changed. If I lose my souls, I'll get more. If something kills me, I'll get it next time. The bed of chaos is bullshit. Well, some things don't change. Anyway, the archers, to me, really signified the moment where the game backed me into a corner and asked me, What's it going to be? And I answered with, I don't know, for a long time until that light bulb went off. This story was long as hell, but uh, and I realize uh, that means it has less of a chance of being read out loud. But hey, it's still food for thought, right? Exactly, man. I'm sorry. I just uh, That's me mm-hmm. saying that. But like for real, you, yeah. yeah, I, I like yeah, that a, a lot. That's a great comment. That's a, it's almost Vivian caliber. Uh, <laughs> that's a fantastic comment. Yeah. And I agree. And uh, I think that, you know, that can come at multiple points mm-hmm. in your playthrough. I don't think I quite got there through the archers. I ended up making it through them without getting to that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Four Kings was, was my point of learning to give up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, giving up the self and giving up that, uh, that attachment is huge. Yeah. And that's something that you go through in these games. <laughs> I'm know? not going to say it. I'm not. Yeah. Gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> wow, this is what an amazing amount of restraint. Cool. Uh, the first person to to write in and say what Cole was going to say, I will give something on Steam. No joke. So if you have listened to our shows enough to know what St- Cole is struggling not to say, I will give you something. Totally not kidding. Um, so, that's how much it means to you that I didn't say it. Yeah, that's how much it means to you that you didn't say it, and how I want people to to predict it. <laughs> really bad. So that is a, a huge reward for paying attention to uh, to the architecture of Cole's character. Um, so, oh man, that's great. Uh, awesome, awesome letter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Samuel via contact says, um, "I hit a bunch of." He says, "Honk honk." Um, he's, he's a clown. Yeah, Optimus Samuel. There's got spiders in my hona. Um, he says. Uh, I hit a bunch of serious roadblocks my first time through Dark Souls, but Anne Orlando was the worst. I made the mistake of examining the painting, having no idea what was going to come up, and getting me stuck in that level for a couple of terrifying days. I skipped the boss, obviously. Then I got stuck on the run-up to the Flying Buttress while the two Silver Knights shoot at you, getting stuck for several days, um, an hour a day, just bashing my head against that challenge, a week of rage quitting the game, and then reading up on using Ferris's bow and poison arrows and exploiting level geometry. 
Finally, of course, I got stuck on Ornstein and Smo. I would fight them a couple times, then go grind a level or two against the six giants in the beginning area. By level 70 or so, whoa, uh, I got fed up and started trying new strategies. I learned to love quick rolling and great combustion, and they fell. I completely failed to notice Solaire's summon sign. <clears throat> um, I was so pumped up by my victory, I jumped right back into Ariamis, or as I called it in a uh, string of angry Facebook post, that fucking magic painting, <laughs> and proceeded to demolish everything with the help of tens of hours of skill and unnecessary leveling. Yeah. The whole time in my head, I pictured my dark soul kicking shit over and swearing at the various zombies and skeletons. <laughs> Nothing else in the game gave me this much trouble. Until I got to the DLC. I'm sure we'll talk about it last time, but like the kicking all the zombies and skeletons. Like I love the the painted world just being full of all these terrible monsters. (laughs) And then the audacity of Priscilla to say that that world means you no harm. (laughs) Like it's so good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The idea of the man, we'll talk about it at length, but it's something I just haven't thought about much. But the idea of the painted world as a trap. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. You know, because you don't get a choice. Like it's not yes, no invade thing uh-huh. Uh-huh. so yeah it's uh it's definitely you know red red book blue book kind of kind of feel right yeah 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 yep. um I, I love the idea of complaining about a magic painting on facebook and having like your high school friends <laughs> video like, games like <laughs> like calling a counselor on you yeah <laughs> um oh man uh, but and th- then again that just speaks i've said it a bunch of times but Dark Souls, uh, you know, finds the weakness in all of us. So, you know, and Ornstein and Smo was yours. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas, like, it, it took me, you know, a bunch of tries, but not nearly that many. It took my friend Derek, you know, about as many as it took you. And he did the same kind of strategy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Dark Souls, man, exploits all of us. <laughs> and finally, Leonard via contact says, I love the air of Anne Orlando. On your first entrance into the city, you seem to be embraced by a warm summer evening. I picture my character taking a deep breath and can almost smell the late summer smell myself. In my latest playthrough, however, I decided to kill Guinevere in order to fight Gwendolyn. I knew Guinevere was an illusion, but the sudden darkness made me feel cold and desolate all the more. Playing through Dark Souls has become kind of a habit, and I don't spend too much time feeling the atmosphere anymore. Uh, This scene, however, stroke deep into my heart, and I love how the game can still make me feel emotions despite having played it for about 150 hours. Also, Anne Orlando appears to be the first location in which you are confronted with characters featured or alluded to in the intro cutscene. You meet the Silver Knights of Gwyn, Gwyn's daughters, and uh, son. He does a nice little. Uh, <laughs> and a nice that's, that's an amazing. Like, yeah, like, it's a little bit like the the you know, the women like W O slash men. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, yeah S uh, open parentheses U slash O close yes. parentheses N. So uh, <laughs> that's excellent. Yes, indicating they could either be son like you know yes. the, the son or son like you know yeah. my child who happens to be male. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So he says, you know, you meet the Silver Knights of Gwyn, uh, Gwyn's daughter and son, uh, and Ornstein, uh, the first of Gwyn's four knights, which I find super cool. Um, On first sight, you know why the city is referred to as the City of the Gods. Also, are the giants in Sen's fortress related to the giant blacksmith? Um, I'm not sure, but that is a really good – I hadn't thought of that. That makes perfect sense because they look kind of the same. There's – I feel like – and I – you could crucify me the, and I wouldn't be able to tell you the source <laughs> of this, but there's some kind of line of dialogue uh, from the giant blacksmith mm-hmm. or vice versa referring to uh, Hawkeye Go. But I'm lucky to be alive, I suppose. Now, do not mistake my words. I cherish my work. Wood carving is a nuanced art. 
I would have much to talk about with that blacksmith. How is the old chap, I wonder? Still hammering away, I should hope. So I don't know if they're related to the ones in Sen, Mm -hmm. but there is, you know, evidence for just having multiple. It's not just the giant blacksmith. Because when Bob pointed out that he's using those tiny little tools, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought like, oh, there are the gods, but there aren't like a race of giants here. Mm Mm-hmm. But Hawkeye Go is a giant, this giant here. There are multiple ones there. Right. Um, the ones in, in Sense Fortress probably, you know, again, they work there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> got to make, the, you know, grind the flour yeah. until somebody comes up and stabs me. So. Um, Leonard goes on to say, all the best from a German fan. P.S. The way you pronounce Zweihander and Schattenjager kindles my heart. Schattenjager. <laughs> Dr- <laughs> Dr- <laughs> um, yeah, thanks. Yes, Caprice awesome and uh, Um Yeah, Caprice and Cour to you, um, Leonard. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if if if, if, if Leonard means that we're pronouncing them poorly or we're pronounce if like we're over pronouncing them like newscasters would. I don't. I don't know either. But I like the choice of the word that we kindle his heart. Yes, that's a very subtle, uh, very cool, <laughs> very nice touch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank, thanks, Leonard. Yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, you know, just just taking a look. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like it's a it's a moment with depth that uh, you know you can experience time mm-hmm. and time again. And uh, I don't think I noticed that this is the first time you run into people from the cutscenes. Right. Um, you run into one of the the daughters of chaos or two of the daughters of chaos earlier than this. Three. But uh, you don't necessarily know that mm-hmm. about them. Right. Right. They're just hooded figures in the uh, in the run up. And- yeah. And the, uh, you know, the final four, you know, the bosses you fight at that point really are, you know, that's the people you are introduced to in the beginning. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. you're cutting a, a swath through the Pantheon. Yep. Yeah. So very but, cool. Uh, I, I like the notion of the game becoming a habit because, you know, when you're going through and retreading it, you it can lose some of the magic. And mm-hmm. like, like, like we saw with Bob, you know, yeah. that there are those moments that can get up under you and surprise you despite how yeah. callous you feel to it. Yep, yep. Um, really cool. And the fact that if you, if you do any kind of challenge run, like the thing I'm figuring out with my shieldless run and my soul level one run is that, that, uh, you know, that habitual play style is something you have to shed. Yeah. If you, if you still, you know, think you would find joy in this game or like there's a major lore thing you want to try that you haven't done and you're considering a playthrough of the game, um, again, do it in a totally different way. Like don't do new game plus, like play a totally, you know, a, a complete sorcerer character or play shieldless or, yeah. you know, level one or try something totally different because it does really uh, switch that up. It's a really elegantly designed game mm-hmm. in the way that the, uh, you know, the approach you take not just determines challenge, but fundamentally, you know, changes everything. Mm-hmm. And you can feel that fear and that uh, insecurity again in a, in a small dose. Right. You know? And play Demon Souls. Yep. It's, you know, if you, if you haven't played, it. I think this game is way more popular, um, but that's, you know, why I was so excited to go and play Demon Souls was to mm-hmm. get that, uh, I wanted to feel in danger. Chasing that feeling again. <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's like junkie. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's sad. Awesome. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much, everybody. We had an awful lot of really insightful comments. I just, I fucking love our fans. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah, not, I'm, I'm not just asking your D's like, like 15 great things happen there. So. Yeah, totally. Like, uh, you know, the bunch of first for us, not to get uh, too, too cheesy or lift the kimono too much. But, you know, the idea that somebody wouldn't create this texture based on the, this thing we were talking about is super cool. And then really, you know, insightful responses is really cool. Um, you know, Leonard is from Germany, which is that's amazing. You know, I've uh, you know, I've never left the, the continental United States. And uh, just, you know, the idea of, uh, 
you know, people all across the world being into the show uh, kindles my heart as well. Yes. So awesome. So if you have any thoughts, um, our next um, episode is going to be about uh, the, you know the return to the uh, to, to the asylum, including the uh, the asylum demon or the stray demon rather. Um, mm-hmm. You know, any, anything there. And then the Painted World, uh, which is a briefer kind of area, but uh, pretty lore rich. So, we're, you know, expect a lot of uh, um, kind of gripping around for speculation on our part, at least yeah. on my part. You, you can expect it from me. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I like I don't want to I don't mean to brag. I feel like I've got a really good handle on the lore stuff of that. Like, yeah. I, I like it a lot. The, uh, the other thing, too, is it's going to be a shorter episode. Um, that's kind of the nature of the beast is that some episodes we're dealing with smaller areas mm-hmm. and uh, less significant. So there's going to be that variable nature yeah. to the length so hopefully that doesn't bother anybody right um but yeah so i think that we're all about wrapped up yeah um until next time cole uh what should they watch out for uh <laughs> they should watch out for the contact form or the facebook page uh which is facebook.com slash fireside chat uh where they can uh, hop on there and leave some comments uh we devour those voraciously you can find um a, a people are posting up awesome cool videos and gifts and things that they find um it is a really uh hip happening place and uh that is where we call a lot of our uh responses from and if you have other, you know, longer comments or stuff that, you know, you just like with, you know, get directly to us for some reason, um, it is duckfeed.tv slash contact. I see those and uh, uh, process them and put them into the notes. Um, yeah. So you can definitely uh, write us a review, leave us a rating on iTunes, check out other shows. They're all listed at duckfeed.tv. Um, perhaps most importantly, though, I just want to point out and uh, thank Bob Mackey again for his time. Um, you know, he had a cut out early, but that's, you know, quite all right. We appreciate uh, him taking the time. And I'd really encourage you to go check out the Retronauts Kickstarter. Um, yes. So I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, who knows what, uh, you know, time is convoluted in, in Gary's life. But the uh, who knows if I would be doing podcasting if it wasn't for Retronauts. <laughs> um, Bob is not the instigator, but he has been uh, the firekeeper at that uh, <laughs> at, uh, that tomb, um, you know, for, for quite a while. Yeah. And uh, does amazing work. So mm-hmm. by the time this comes out, you'll have two days left. Um Ah, fuck. I don't. Uh, time is convoluted in Cole's mind too. Um, so <laughs> time is just convoluted. If there's still time, go check out the Retronauts Kickstarter. Yeah, and uh, check out you know Bob's writing. Check out the the uh, the regular column he's doing at is it Joystick? Joystick. Yeah. He's yeah. A, joystick. He's a Joystick. Uh, and then something awful. That's where that, that's where I know him from. His writing there mm-hmm. is fucking awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and uh, in addition to that, um, please praise the sun. Please, please do that. But yeah, great, great work. I, you know, like I've listened to every episode, so it's really cool to have you on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm fans so. of what you guys do. I only just started listening to Watch Out for Fireballs because it was really hard to listen to a video game podcast while you still work in the industry. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm out of the industry, for better or worse, I'm uh, I'm catching up, and I really like the Resident Evil Two episode. That was great. Oh, oh thank you very much. Yep. Yeah, I, I was really proud of that one. It's it's gotten a lot of great response, so that means a lot. Yeah. Yep. Aren't we great guys? Uh, we, we are all fantastic. <laughs> Love in. Yeah. Cole, I'll tell you that you're great while you tell Bob that he's great. And then Bob, you tell me that I'm great. And it'll be like a creepy massage circle at a college party. <laughs> yeah. I can go on for like at least 20 minutes. Yeah. I'll have ego, to... ego massage. Then there's a refractory period. You have to wait before you start uh, praising people again. <laughs> I'll have to swap out the hard drive midway through. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it'll fill up.
This is just a weird. So when, and this is probably a good thing for the uh, the appendix. But one thing I noticed, uh, Bob, and I wonder if you agree as as somebody who's uh, has Demon Souls experience, is that I feel like they were a lot more creative with the uses of souls in Demon Souls. Like every every soul had you know a spell of every type or multiple spells, and then right. you know a weapon or two, and that was really cool. Um, I really liked that. Whereas now there's only one soul that can be turned into a spell, and it's in the DLC. Yeah, I don't know what the decision was behind that, but I feel like Dark Souls is a much more balanced game. Mm. I mean, as as crazy as you can make a build, as specialized as you can make a build, a lot of the um, the weirdness and quirkiness and originality of Demon Souls, I think, came from a, like a lack of playtesting or an inability to playtest, because there are just a lot of like weird, strange ideas that aren't really fleshed out, but they're there and they're fun to play with. But they'd be better, you know, with a little more polish. I think that's what Dark Souls kind of did. It's interesting too how the there's not there's there is I there's a little bit more polish but there are still a lot of edges that that you know don't come through very well. Like we talked about um you know how inscrutable the multiplayer can be in Dark Souls, but it's nothing right. like World Tendency. Like World <laughs> Tendency well, I mean, is a, the most uh, inscrutable thing. Right. I mean a polished from software game is like an unpolished uh <laughs> Regular game, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been playing the games for a long time, so I know what to expect. Right. There's got to be a conversion chart somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can type it into Google. Uh, you know, it'll it'll do the it'll do the, the currency conversion. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, uh, I mean, this is not Demon Souls podcast. I mean, you guys are getting to that, but a lot of things in Demon Souls just felt like they weren't tested enough, or they weren't, I mean, thought through enough. Just like, here's a cool idea. Let's do it. We have we have the money. We have the time. Sort of. Let's just try to do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I, I was never a fan of that Puzzle Dragon boss. I thought it was kind of, um, I don't know, it didn't give you, the player, enough information. At least that's, mm-hmm. that's, how I, that's how I felt about it. I like the idea behind it, though. What, what are your thoughts on uh, Bed of Chaos, like the, in Oh, Dark that Souls? can go fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> the spiritual uh, successor of such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bed of Chaos can fuck off. <laughs> We're, we're in agreement there. I, this is would be talk uh, for later as well. But uh, right. when we do the the Demon Souls season, would you come back on? And I didn't know whether you had experience with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I want to say like I don't know if I explain myself very well. That's a good point. Like the bed of chaos is a very Demon Soulsy thing. Like here's an idea that's weird. It might work. Why don't you have fun with it? <laughs> <Play it. laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. we'll be sure to put you on for the Dragon God. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. That was good. Yeah, I'm, I feel weird that uh, I was so grossly ignorant of that that extra boss in Orlando. I had no friggin' idea. That's funny. Now I yeah. immediately want to go and try it. Have you? Um, the other really hidden thing in the game um, is: Have you ever gone to uh, found the second serpent? Like, have you ever? Uh, got, if you if you fight the four kings before you get the Lord Vessel. Like, oh, try fighting no. the four kings before you get the Lord Vessel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, I know... Wait, is that even possible? Don't you need... Wait, you get the ring from Sif. From Sif. Yeah. Yep. So you could do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Nothing, nothing's stopping you from going to Sif. And what happens when you do do that? Um, you, you, so, I mean, you should try it. But if you, if you want to... <laughs> I'm, too, uh, I'm too afraid to try it. It seems like... Uh, I mean, the, the bosses scale, right? I mean, you, they would be at your... They'd be... It'd be an achievable boss fight, right? No, no, no. Oh, okay. The, the bosses right, do not scale. Okay, yeah. it's 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 one of the it's it's the second really hidden thing in the game, and it's hidden behind a much higher barrier to entry mm-hmm. um, because you do have to fight the four kings 
at a relatively low power level, which is one I think one of the hardest bosses in the game. Yeah, that's why I thought that's why I asked that question because I don't yeah. I didn't think it was even possible. Yeah, yeah it's it's a uh, it's it's difficult yeah. um, to do so. But you run into a uh, a kind of yin to uh, Kingseeker Framps Yang, who has a totally different perspective on everything that's happening in the game. Okay, and yeah. this is a uh, an NPC, not a boss or anything like that. He's a covenant leader, actually. Yeah, yeah. He's an ah, NPC. okay. He's, he's a guy who gives you the uh, the, the dark wraiths. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, it's 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 funny because because both Gwendolyn and encountering Calf, the like like those are the two pieces to tell you like something else is up besides what everybody else is feeding you. So there's mm-hmm. the main path, the stuff that you are assured to encounter, and then there's this other stuff that's hidden that puts a that, that puts a twist on it. Yep. Yeah. I am YouTubing that immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely a cool thing to do, and it casts you know everything that's happening in kind of a different light, um, you know, including including the endings and and everything. So it's it's a really cool uh, cool thing to do, but way harder, you know, well worth YouTubing instead of trying to yeah. challenge run your way. Yeah, that seems uh, mighty impossible. Yeah, and uh, people who do like Soul Level One Dark Wraith kind of stuff, they go and do that at Soul Level One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 it took me, so to do my soul level one character to beat Ornstein right, and Snow yeah. took me like 40 <laughs> tries. I did four Kings on the first try because it's not about your level. It's just about your equipment. Right. So being able to, I just needed Havel's armor and I could do it. Right. You know? Um, so it's, it's a, in that way, it's kind of easier, but you need to be able to go to Anna Orlando. It's not necessarily about your level. You need to get that far into the game first. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, super, super, super hard. But, uh, you know, and I, I'm, you know, may, may or may not even turn that character into a, a Dark Wraith. So oh, right. we shall see. I don't need to be invading people at level one. <laughs> like, it's a, I can just be a big dick and, like, kill people who aren't prepared for it or fight people who have been doing this for thousands of hours who will totally stop me. <laughs> so, yeah. Hmm. Have you done much, uh, much in the way of PvP, Bob? Uh, I've never done PvP in either Dark Souls, Dark Souls or Demon Souls. I'm just not really interested in it. Mm-hmm. I don't mind when I'm invaded, but I, I feel like there's not a lot in it for me, and I kind of hate when people just wipe the floor with me. So uh, I kind of avoid PvP, uh, at least you know actively. We, uh, I think Cole and I are both in that. Like we both are kind of dipping our toes into it, mm-hmm. um, and for me, it's partly out of like a sense of you know wanting to have that you know modicum of response, you know, authority on on the game. We're gonna get a guy in who who does uh, like serious PvP for like a special right. episode. Yeah. I mean, I know people love it, and my actually my favorite thing is when people uh, you know invade your game and help you, and then give you things and leave. It's just yeah. an amazing surprise. Yeah. Or, or those, those those theme invasions, like when somebody comes in and does something hilarious. Like yeah, yeah, like, like yeah. I appreciate that much more than you know just killing me in one hit or you know hacking my game or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it actually reminded me of uh, more Demon Souls talk, but there's a boss in Demon Souls where the boss is another player, and whenever you are that boss, you're kind of just summoned without your knowledge, and you just show up like as this weird character, you're like what am I? And then like a human opponent tries to kill you, and then only later do you realize like oh, this is a boss, and I and I was that boss for like that's, you know five minutes or whatever. <laughs> that's so cool. Like I, yeah. I love that that boss, and aesthetically, the the scene where you fight him is one of my favorite. Uh, that just kind of still fucking, lives. Yeah. Yeah, with all the yeah. p- big pile of chairs, mm-hmm. um, that looks so cool. Like I, I love that boss. Um, yeah. It's probably my favorite, uh, maybe my, my favorite or second favorite area in Demon Souls. Yeah, I like that. 
And we all pray that we will have far more soon 